to episode eight, episode nine, chapter eight. <laughs> this whole episode being one ahead of the chapter is really throwing me off. I wish I had recorded the prologue in chapter one into one thing, but say lovey. Uh, episode nine, <laughs> chapter eight. Rebecca was at the Thrawn Temple when the riots began. She and a crew worked in the northwest corner building an open-sided spiral stair. Each crystalline step was shaped like a wide wedge of pie with a bite out of the tip. The shimmering blocks were stacked in offset, forming a self-supporting tower of stairs with a hollow core. One side of the stair gave views of the gleaming sanctuary. The other opened over the abyss at the edge of the city. Folk not prepared for the dizzying climb could misstep and fall 1,500 feet. The ascent was an allegory. To attain the heavens, one must pursue the quest with courage, balance, diligence, and sobriety. Rebecca and her crew were setting a stone on the third turn of that lofty stair when they first noticed columns of smoke rising from the city. Someone, Jonas, go look off that eastern approach and tell us what's happening, Rebecca said. A young mason ran off to do her bidding. The others continued laying steps. Jonas returned with startling news. It's an invasion! Somebody's attacking the city! They're everywhere! Bodies and blood, they're everywhere! What? Rebecca asked, brushing her hands off as she descended. What? A war or something, Jonas said. A war? Something? The words seemed nonsense to Rebecca. Her head was swimming with tangent calculations. The ghost of buttresses not yet built rose in her mind to converge around the stairway. War? What could that mean? There was smoke, of course, but no army had ever marched across the desert to lay siege to Halcyon. Let's go see. Rebecca said. Let's call this a break and go see Jonas's war. Workers pulled sweaty gloves from their hands and tossed them down atop piles of rope. They joked about wars in Halcyon as they crossed the Power Stone Foundation, walking on glittering waves. Rebecca had warned them of the risk of Thysis, but no workers had quit. This building site made them feel like gods. The group neared the eastern approach. Smoke twisted into the air, sooty parodies of Rebecca's heavenly ascent. Rooftops burned. Fires spread. The streets were littered with the fallen. Dark figures darted between broken doorways. A tide of them rose even then to the 8th Terrace and started spilling down Council Boulevard. They smashed windows and slew citizens and set fires as they went. A group of ten Halcyte guards rushed into the street and formed a line to hold them back. Look! Look! The guard is forming! The invaders crashed into that line of white soldiers and rolled over them the wave continued on, reaching the broad stairs at the side of the council hall. Faces lifted, human faces ravaged by hunger and bleached by darkness and marked with thysis. All right, they're coming, Rebecca noted. Everybody, find something, a mallet or a drill or a pry bar, something. We've got to keep them out of the temple. They'll have to jump up from the pinnacle one at a time, maybe two or three, but, but no more. We'll knock them back. Get some of those support poles. Get all of them. Feed them to us, to me and Jonas. We'll stand in front and knock down anyone who tries to jump over. If they get past us, you'll have to fight them. Understand? There were nods all around. Then go! Pallid and wide-eyed, the builders scrambled for makeshift weapons. And the courage to wield them. Rebecca, meanwhile, looked down, where the fastest of the rebels began spiraling the ascent up the council hall dome. The second time the healers unbolted and threw back the infirmary door, they were all ready. Yogmoth led, a sword raked out before him. 
Zod came behind him, wielding a blade painted in blood. Three other observers turned soldiers, also carried swords, and emerged swinging them. Behind them were sixteen more, armed with table legs and bed knobs, and even poison-filled needle bladders. It was a motley assortment of weapons, but better than those the rebels wielded. Yogmoth decapitated an attacker, and said through gritted teeth, After we put down this revolt, I'll ask the council for a store of real weapons. The observers nodded grimly. Table legs rose and fell, downing a pair of rebels. The group fought its way into the street. Behind them, Glacian's guards barred the door. Zod's blade tasted blood again. He rammed it into the belly of a gap-toothed untouchable. The blade tore through the emaciated guts and out the man's back. He toppled to the cobbles. Zod yanked the sword to free it. The wound sucked against it. He planted a foot on the corpse's side and hauled hard. The sword came loose. Zod took a moment to wipe the septic gore from it. A ragged swarm of untouchables flooded up against the group. Three observers died in that onslaught. A staved head, a knife in the eye, a gushing throat. The others fought all the more fiercely. Table legs chopped cleanly down and came up mantled in red. Metal rods rang bell-like against skulls. Healers leaped beneath tangled weapons to inject poison. All was yelling and thrashing in blood. Then, the last of their attackers lay dead on the ground. Yogmoth and his remaining corps of fifteen moved on. Where are we headed? Yogmoth nodded toward the half-built temple, gleaming above. Up. We're headed up. He killed two more while he took a breath. That's where Gix will be. Gix? He's the one who sparked the revolt, Yogmoth replied. He can end it. But will he end it? Yogmoth patted the interior breast pocket of his cloak. He will when I inject him with this cure. Five minutes ago, Rebecca had never killed anything more than a mosquito. Now she had killed ten men, eight women, and three boys. The first was the worst. A boy no more than thirteen. He reached the pinnacle before anyone else because of fast feet and a young heart. Get back! Rebecca shouted. If you jump, we'll block you. We'll kill you. He flung himself across the yawning gap. He did not hesitate. But Rebecca did. And Jonas too. Their poles swung numbly out to bar the way. Ducking, the untouchable scrambled beneath them and drove a knife into the throat of one of the workers. The next moment was a blur. Rebecca saw someone grab the boy's ragged shirt and yank him to the edge and throw him down to crash brokenly atop the dome. Only then did she realize she was the one who had done it. She had killed a boy. Yes, but he had killed one of her workers. He had given her no choice. When Rebecca lifted her pole again, it felt slick in her grasp. The workman's blood covered her hands. It soaked deep into the lines and calluses. She grimly wiped the blood on her white work tunic and grasped the other side of the pole. That was my fault. If I hadn't hesitated... Here comes another! Jonas shouted. It was a young woman. She might have been pretty had she lived in Halcyon. The caves of the dams had turned her skin to a shroud and her body into a skeleton. The woman's eyes were so wide as to seem lidless. She jumped, a pale lizard in the air. Rebecca swung her pole. It struck the side of the woman's face and knocked her back. The rebel landed half on the platform and clawed blindly to pull herself up. Gritting her teeth, Rebecca rammed the bloody tip of her pole against the woman's face. She went limp and slid free. Even the sound-dampening temple did not mask the wet thud of her impact. Damn it! Damn it! Rebecca shrieked. 
You're going to have to kill some of them too, you know, Jonas. Damn it, you've got a pole too. White-faced, he killed the next one, and Rebecca the next three, and he another. No longer did the rebels fall with the sound of bone on stone, but now with the flap of meat shovel the top meat. It was grim work, made none the easier by ex exhortations from the builders behind them. One part encouragement, one part expiation, one part consolation. The shouts only tore at Rebecca. Stop this one! Nice hit! Oh, that was a hard one. He had a knife. You warned him. He gave you no choice. Ten men, eight women, three boys, and one workman. In her hesitation, Rebecca had killed him, just as surely as she had killed the others. His blood, his corpse, was projected in rainbow rays throughout the city below. Damn it! Rebecca shouted. It had taken months for Yogmoth to turn his observers into healers. It only took moments to turn his healers into killers. To his left, a woman bashed brains with a table leg. To his right, a man tripped Thytics and jabbed them with poison. Behind lay a wake of headless bodies. Before, Zod hurled heads into mobs of untouchables. Zod. He had vomited at the first glimpse of battle. Now nausea was forgotten. Regret was gone. There was no time for fear. There was only killing. Enraged untouchables rushed Zod. It was just the reaction he'd hoped for. Zod strode to meet them. His sword chopped into a man's chest. It caught ribs. A gradual kill. Zod hurled the flailing man sideways to crash into a woman. Both struck the ground. Wrenching his sword free, Zod strode across their backs to his next kills. Some fell bloodlessly. Others fought on though they fountained. It was really quite interesting. There was as much science to slaying as to healing. Rigorous science, practical, and fun. Zod had no shortage of suspects. He and the band were surrounded by Thytics. Each died differently. I can use this one, Yogmoth thought. He'll become something even more deadly. Though Zod was having fun, this fight brought Yogmoth no closer to the Thrawn Temple. That's where the real battle would be. He glimpsed an untended sedan chair. Whistled over his shoulder, he signaled Zod to his side. As eager as a dog called to the hunt, Zod bounded towards him. I knew I would find you here. The best way to get back at the two men I hate most is to kill you. Gix, Rebecca gasped, staring dumbfounded at the man. The Thytic rebel stood at the pinnacle of the council hall dome, just beyond the reach of Rebecca's staff. Glacian said you threatened this, but, but no one believed. Bastard though he is, your husband is the only one who sees the truth, Gix said. Except for me. He jumped towards the temple. Rebecca was slow with her pole. Jonas flung his out. Gix was expecting it. He had watched the others fall. He had learned Rebecca's strategy. Ducking his head to one side, Gix grabbed the pole and pulled himself up to land on the temple threshold. Jonas let go of the pole to avoid being pulled over the edge. Too late. Gix had solid footing. He whirled, bashing Rebecca's staff and smashing her fingers. She dropped the weapon. Spinning, Gix struck Jonas in the back. The young man arched and howled. Gix hit him again. Setting his feet, he flung the young man from the temple. Jonas fell as the untouchables had fallen. He died as they had died. The workers surged in, but Gix was too quick. He knocked one man unconscious, stole the feet from a woman, and drove the others back with quick jabs of his staff. He was quick in other ways, too. Behind him, untouchables lowered a stout wooden door across the gap between the pinnacle and the temple. They flooded up their makeshift bridge. 
Rebecca had no pull to fling away the door, and Gix struck her thrice with Jonas's staff. She retreated amongst the others. Across the bridge they came, three, seven, eleven, eighteen, more than they had killed so far. In mere moments, the rebels equaled the workers. In moments more, they outnumbered them two to one. They kept coming. Gix advanced to their head. He wore a devilish grin. Rebecca and her host didn't get far. There was nowhere to go. Untouchables surrounded them. Their ragged figures gleamed in the crystals all around. Above his toothy smile, Gix's eyes were almost sad. His voice had the quiet tension of a winding spring. I know what you're trying to do, Rebecca. Everyone knows. But you are rising by climbing across our bodies. Your husband's manor rig kills us. Your temple kills even your own people. Do you care? Do you stop? Do you dismantle the horrors you have made or only build them taller? Yogmoth is working on a cure, Rebecca protested. She swung a heavy pulley in one hand, warning them back. The device would do little good against a staff with an eight-foot reach. A cure, not just for my... Not just for my husband, but for all people. Your people as well. Yogmoth can't find a cure. Even if he did, he would not give it to us. I would and I will, came a voice from above. A shadow blotted out the sun. Every head there tilted back. Every eye squinted to see who it was that spoke. A figure descended in a drifting sedan chair. He seemed robed in radiance. No one could have known who it was except Rebecca and Gix. I have a treatment, perhaps a cure, Yogmoth's reply came. I have one dose here with me. Already Glacian's skin improves, his suffering eases. Gix dropped his eyes from the blinding presence. Lies! Lies! Why would you bring me a cure in the middle of a rebellion that I started? To end it, Yogmoth said simply. To ransom the life of this lady and the life of this city. I will give this treatment to you, and I will promise to descend to the caves and bring enough to treat everyone there in a week's time. If you will stop this riot, if you and your people withdraw from the city. Rebecca could see the flush of Gix's pale face. The young man wanted to believe. He wanted to be cured and have his people cured. Yet he knew better than to trust this foe. It's poison you bring me, not a cure. It isn't poison, came another voice from the sedan chair. I was with him when he invented it. I saw it cure an untouchable. I saw it help Glacian. Show me this cured man, Gix challenged. Let me talk to him. He is down below, Yagma said. I have no time to search through rioters to find this one man. He isn't down below. There's no such man. Now leave, or I'll kill Rebek while you watch. Yagma's shout was immediate. No! I'll come down among you. I will inject myself with half the mixture. And when you see that I do not die or fall unconscious, you'll know it is no trick. When I inject the rest in you, you will know it's a cure. Gix's eyes hardened in distrust. Rebecca said, You told Glacian that your people would rebel because they had nothing to lose. That they were doomed to die. Now they have everything to lose. Listen to Yogmoth. Test his cure. Let it heal you and your people and our city. The blush that limed Gix's jowls told of the hope he feared to feel. Come down, Yogmoth. Show me this is not poison, and prove it is a cure, and swear to me you will provide enough for all of us, and I will take my people out of Halcyon. A large figure loomed suddenly out from the sedan chair. Without warning, Yogmoth dropped among them. His eyes were sun-bright as he regarded Gix. Rolling back the collar of his cloak, 
Yogmoth found his own jugular vein. With slow precision, he inserted the needle and squeezed. Gix could visibly make out the progress of liquid into the distended vein. Yogmoth's fist tightened on the bladder. When it was half collapsed, he drew the needle from his neck. A small line of blood emerged from the puncture, wound its way down his tanned skin, and pooled in the crook of his collarbone. There, you see. It's not poison or a sedative, Yogmoth said levelly. And for me, it is not a cure, because I am not ravaged as you are, my friend. Yogmoth stepped forward, bloody needle jutting in his hand. Don't call me friend. If this is a trick, my people will tear you and Rebecca and this whole city to shreds. Not responding, Yogmoth reached for Gix's neck. The man shied only a moment. Yogmoth found the jugular. He set the hollow needle and pushed it gently in. Serum flowed into Gix. Yogmoth's fist clenched tightly around the bladder. He emptied the chamber and pulled the needle out. Blood flowed gently from the puncture. Gix's brow furrowed. He glared at the lesions on his arm. That's it? That's all? It was only half a dose, Yogmoth said. Untouchables began to growl. Hands tightened on weapons. And it takes a moment. Wait, look! Gix shouted. He gazed at his arm. The black lesions receded. Pink scar tissue filled in the gaps. He looked at his other arm, where the same process took place. The sores shrank on his chest, his legs, and his face. It wasn't a lie. It is a cure. A treatment, Yagmas said. A temporary cure. But injections of this can keep you healthy, you and your people, until we can find a permanent cure. How long will this last? Gix asked. I don't know. A week, perhaps? Yagmoth guessed. Maybe less, since it was only a half-dose. Gix stared into his eyes. Joy was tempered by hatred. You have a week. We will withdraw and leave you for that week. But then, you had better appear with injections for us all. Yes, that is the agreement, Yogmoth said. You have a week, 